haven't really disclosed who we are. Well, who I am, but I mean, I'm a public figure anyway, right? <laughs> like at best, someone might questionably say, hey, your language was inappropriate. You are absolutely correct. My language, it was inappropriate if I was in a classroom. Yeah, it was like appropriate for the space. Yes. Like children and or I was at a public event where yeah. there were students present. Yeah. But this is a <clears throat> clearly not uh, intended. It's not intended for like 12 and under for sure. Yeah, plus it, it's it would have to be something that they would intentionally have to access. Yeah, at a certain point. And these type of programs are not things that typically interest typically, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not going to go look at, oh. Like, if you had a TikTok, they'd be like. <laughs> I have asked students, like, several of my fourth and fifth graders have been like, do you have a TikTok? Because these teachers do. <laughs> and I'm like, I'll be honest, yes, yes, I do. What's your name? Nanya. <laughs> I said, it's not any of your business. It's not something that you need to worry about. And they're like, well, can I go look for it? You can, but I haven't produced anything. I'm a very boring person. Like, I think every kid seems to think that their kid, their teacher is more interesting than they really are. <laughs> Maybe other teachers are. I'm not. <laughs> Fair. I'm a very boring teacher. Like, really, literally, like, I analyze my life all the time. That's probably the anxiety part of me, but I am very boring. <laughs> like, that's so sad, right? I think a lot of people's lives are both more boring and also more interesting than they think. Like, I think to other people's, like, my life is probably, well, I mean, my life is definitely more interesting than your average person's. <laughs> like, I'll say that straight up. Uh, I've done a few things that I don't think everyone in the world has. Uh, <laughs> um, but, like, like I, I have the type of life I could write a memoir about. Um, but also, it's infinitely more boring than anyone would give a credit for. <laughs> yeah, I feel like my life is less exciting than I always dreamed it would be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if only. <laughs> if only we knew. Um, so, do you want to use that as the intro, or just keep talking and see what happens, or do you... Are you recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Your mother is completely oblivious. <laughs> I thought you were just... Having a casual conversation with I mean, you. I was. <laughs> I was just also recording. I still think we should do this in the car because, like, that's where we have some It of would the be audio hell. Yes. Oh, but we have some of our best conversations. We like, can have separate conversations in the car, and I can record that and make a separate air. podcast where I can be all right with the audio quality. Okay. Because <laughs> I feel like, like, honestly, I always think to myself, Wow, I had such a great conversation with with my child, like in the car. But like then, as soon as we get home, it's like, nope, that moment is over. <laughs> Never talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go off to my room, and we will not speak again until the next day. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> I mean, I'm a recluse. What do you want from me? <laughs> <laughs> no, same. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I I'm okay with using that as an intro. Um, uh, mostly because I did think it was, um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know how to phrase it other than I'm like, yeah, this is interesting enough to include in a podcast sure. where I'm just being boring with my mama. Just being casual. 
Um, speaking of ourselves, um, I am uh, one of the hosts of this wonderful podcast that we do have a name for now called Off the Bookshelf. Um, I forgot to put together all the stuff still, which means uh, I'm going to have to record a separate outro for this, just like I'm going to have to do for the first one once I get everything lined up. But for now, I at least know the title. <laughs> so I am Elliot. One of your co-hosts, uh, also known as Jarnope, J-A-R-N-O-P-E. <laughs> um, my pronouns are they and them. Oh, yes. How did I introduce myself last time? By your know. name. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. So I'm Ms. Nix. I'm mom. <laughs> A.K.A. mama. A.K.A. mother. A.K.A. the lady of the house. I don't know. <laughs> These are all very interesting, amazing titles. They are. The... I'm am, am super mom at times. I'm super teacher at times. Sometimes I'm annoying teacher. Sometimes I'm an annoying mother, apparently, according to my 13, 14 year old. <laughs> apparently, I'm the person who ruins everybody's lives. <laughs> I, I think their word you must take with a great assault. Um, they are. 14. <laughs> I know, I've been there, done that. Times. Over. And we lived to tell the day. We still have a dog in the room, just just so the recording, like, knows. But he is under his cover. He's so under cover. As long as he's under his cover, he should... He's kind of like a parakeet. <laughs> like a parakeet? Yeah, you know, like, if, like I think... I don't know, I see it in movies, right? Like, it, isn't it, like, the bird, like, if you cover their cage, they think it's nighttime or something? Isn't that a thing? I wouldn't know. I've never been allowed to have a bird. I, birds are creepy. I know that. And that's just... They were creepy in the book, weren't they? I forgot to warn you about the scene. Okay, like, birds. Like, that's how evil birds are, like, right? Like, like, like you know that birds are evil, right? <laughs> like... I know, and I know I'm superstitious, and I would never harm a bird because, you know, that superstition. Oh, that's I, bad. That luck. would come yeah, back that, to me. That's real bad, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They, they would attack me. You know, they, they'd come and find me and hunt me down. Yeah. Um, but they are totally creepy. You, you remember Well, that? I mean, typically, like, especially depending on the bird, but typically they're associated with, like, spirits of some sort, mm-hmm. be it uh, messengers uh, for the gods in a way. Uh, be it messengers, like, ferrymen of, like, souls, basically. Um, spirits come back to, like, have a conversation, basically. Um, you know, et-, et cetera, et cetera. Like, ravens are... Uh, was it ravens or crows? Ravens are Odin's bird. I know that. But I don't know if ravens are also birds of death. Was that... Were, they think, are crows. I think they were. I, I, I think they. I think they're both technically birds of death, since people tend to mix them up anyway, which is weird. Seeing as how like one of them is a lot bigger than the other. The other, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Supposedly, they're supposed to be like good luck or whatever. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. In some. Oh, uh, with crows. Um, with crows, it depends on how many there are. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what their term is for a whole flock. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't remember the exact. Uh, rhyme or whatever but there's a couple of different versions of it actually but there's a series of books i own uh ebooks as it were um i'm gonna look it up real quick because they're they're decent enough that i'll match them um the a charm of magpies um book bundle 
by KJ Charles. Um, it, it is uh, very queer, I'll say. Um, it's also set like in a Sherlock Holmes type era, mm-hmm. like actual Sherlock Holmes type era. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's magic. Like, it's, it's fantasy world. Like, it's if Sherlock was magic, though. But, yeah, like, without the Sherlock being Sherlock part. Just, you got the dandy dude who's, like, rich and stuff. And then you got, like, the dude who has to do everything. Gotcha. <laughs> and get things done. Uh, I, I could describe it way better. But, one, it's been a hot minute since I read it. And, two, sure. like, I, I have another book to talk about. Which is this book. Uh, which is uh, A Sea of Monsters by Rick Riordan. Book two in the Percy Jackson series. Um, so, um, this starts with a book review, and then we go on to uh, discuss the book itself and plot points and then, like, various thoughts on it. So, book review, easy done. Um, just like the first one, I liked it. Um, I, I think uh, it is noticeably shorter. Yeah, um, I can feel that. But also, it's... Like, like, it feels more bare bones. And I think it's because it's literally one of his shortest books, especially in this series. It felt like it was more of a filler to get to the next point. Yeah. And, um, I, and like, that's interesting because I feel like that's his writing style, too. It, it's, it's, there is no filler. It's all, it only serves a purpose to yeah. move the plot along. Like, everything is specifically, like, you're only told a, a, about a scene because it, it means this for the right. plot. Like, there is no filler. If you think it's filler, it's because it's actually foreshadowing something. Well, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, yeah, I think that's what this book basically is. Like, this book is just like, well, now I have an idea for a whole ending for this, so let me just move that into it. So. Begin with the end in mind. Yeah. I, I, I don't know, like, how people do that. Like, I, I don't ever have a solid ending when I when I try to write anything. I, you probably do. You probably have an idea of the general directions. Yeah. Like, usually when authors um, say, well, I, 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 ha- I have an idea for an ending, it's not a concrete, thought-out plot mm. um, or a concrete, thought-out, specific ending. Um, like, I often, whenever I was in college especially, um, if I'm writing something, I would always start with the end and the beginning, right? Right. Like, um, that was one thing that, uh, like, a high school teacher actually taught me, was to always start there and then work your way backwards to get to where you are. And that way, if you need to make adjustments, like, you already have the idea of where you're going, like, your destination. It's kind of like plotting a trip, like... Like, if we were to go on a trip, we'd say, okay, well, I want to go here. Right. Right? So you start with that destination in mind, and then you fill in your itinerary yeah, as the necessary. agenda as, as you plan it out. Right? Yeah. And so if you plan a book with, with that direction, it's easier to write because you know that every event that you, which is why I say it kind of feels like a filler. Mm. With every event that occurs, it's just moving the story yeah. along, like, to get to that ending destination. Yeah. And the ending didn't really feel like an ending. No, straight up, uh, uh, and we'll get to it when uh, yeah. when we go over the events, but straight up, it was, 
like like I said, it was the lead into, okay, here's what comes next. Right, right. Yeah. Which is why I said it felt like a filler. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't like, like, oh, okay, well, that, and they all live happily ever after. I, I think <laughs> you and I differ on the word, like, what filler, what filler means. Because for me, filler is like, uh, like fluff, basically. Uh, not in the traditional genre sense of fluff, but in the sense of, um, like, this is just like a fluff piece, right? Like, like this is oh, just... Oh, absolutely um, not. Like, like yeah. filler, specifically, if you look up its definition, it's going to mean something that fills in yeah, what and, is necessary yeah, and, and to and add stability. Using I'm using it in that way. As in, <laughs> it adds stability to the story, right? Yeah. Like, it, you, it, if you think of the ending destination, where he's going, like, I don't know where that destination is. He does. The author yeah. who wrote this does. And I know. <laughs> um... Well, I don't. But I can see how this is just like a truck stop along, yeah. the, along that yeah. path of that destination. This is though we needed this rest stop to get um, the fuel. Yeah, now we can yeah. go. Like, like, you know, all these events that occur, like, I could tell that it wasn't, like, when you read the first book, you could very easily use the first book as what, what we call them in the teacher world is it's a standalone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Meaning, if you never read any other book... You this would, would be, be the one. okay, yeah, and it would make sense. Yep. Like you wouldn't be, you wouldn't close the book and say, "Well, now I have more questions than I do answers." Yeah, this book felt like, "Well, now I have more questions than I do <laughs> answers." I I think with most of them, if not technically, you could argue all of them. Uh, in with all of his books, uh, I think you could argue that. They all could be standalone, even the ones that follow, like, as part of a series, um, mm. which is all of them, uh, uh, um, because they'll um, they'll explain the th- concept usually, sure. but give just enough of an explanation that, like, at your base, like, y- y- you can understand what's going on, um, but also it smacks of that, um, well, now I really wish I'd read the one before it or the one after it or, or whatever so I know more exactly depth. yeah yeah more in depth right, like I could just read this one alone yeah. but yeah. part of my problem problem probably is that I have knowledge hmm. of the stories of the Greek Roman mythology yeah and because I have that background knowledge I can see how all the pieces the the players yeah are moving. Yeah. Like, I, I can see that. Now, I could see how if you were, like, a younger student. Like, like when, um, back when, back when uh, it was, like, nine, 9 to 12-year-old me. <laughs> you might you might have some idea yeah. of the mythologies. You would know a lot of the popular mythologies, but you wouldn't yeah. know all of the movies. I think pieces. at that time we had the Odyssey, right? And I read we, it. You should have, yeah. Yeah that, yeah, that would have been at the right age, yeah. Um, we still have it. But, yeah. Like, I have knowledge of all of the pieces, and not just of the Roman Greek mythology, but a, a lot of the other mythologies mm. that kind of play in. And because of my extensive knowledge, I can see all those moving pieces. Yeah. And so that is probably my... I wouldn't say it's a it's a problem. I would just say that it um, it leaves me with more questions of like, okay, well, there's 
what else is going to yeah. happen? I, 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 I think, I, I think um, some of the, the reviews were just basically like, uh, he, he did it again. Like, he wrote a good novel. <laughs> um, and he's leaving us wanting more. Yeah. Oh, basically. absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I absolutely finished this book thinking, okay, now I need to know where they're going. <laughs> I need to know how these new pieces, which aren't really new, mm. but how these pieces are going to be moved. Um, so I, I absolutely loved it, and I just I can't wait to read the next one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I noticed that you literally glanced right over at my bookshelf <laughs> to where the books are. <laughs> well, like, here's, and I had told you when we first started this that you, had, you were concerned about whether or not I was going to like any of the books, mm. and I had told you that here's my role. I have that 15-minute, 15 15-second 15 role yeah. that if I'm not enjoying anything within the first 15 pages, the first 15 seconds, the first 15 minutes of whatever, yeah. then I'm probably not going to enjoy it. Yeah. So I, I do feel like I give time and room and space for, for it to be enjoyable. And again, it, it kind of repeated itself, which is how I can... See how, Which is why I'm like, technically, he it, writes the same story. It could be, yeah, you could actually read I appreciate this it. And, and be like, okay, I've read this one story and I'm okay with just reading this yeah. one story. But he then goes, moves in and be like, okay, well, now we're doing this. Yep. And you're like, wait, it, <laughs> I can see how if you hadn't read any of the other stories, you might be confused as to what was happening. Mm. So, but I... I I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's our glowing reviews. Uh, read more books by Rick Riordan, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm working on collecting all of his books. <laughs> uh, do we think we're safe to just immediately jump into the plot and I, stuff? I think or? so. Okay. Um, I mean, it seemed pretty straightforward. I mean, there wasn't a lot here that was unexpected. Yeah. Based on what I had already read um, with the first book. Um, the only thing that really surprised me was the ending. But, like, I foresaw what happened happening. Right. Like, all of the pieces made sense. Yeah. Like, you could tell something was up, but you weren't quite sure, like, what exactly it meant. Yeah. You're like... Okay, well, clear. Okay, well, let's go chapter by chapter because I, I, I did write synopsis of each chapter <laughs> as I went. Oh, um, fancy to, <laughs> to make it easier. Gotcha. Uh, so I don't forget again. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, uh, chapter one, right? We start. Um, Percy has a dream about Grover being chased through Florida, uh, specifically Florida, because Florida is where all the weird shit happens. <laughs> Florida man. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's being chased by a big shadowy something. Uh, he mentions this to his mom, right, uh, as he's on his way out to, to school. Uh, his last day, in fact, of the year. And he's gone, like, the entire time, like, scot-free. Like, nothing's happened. Which is really weird for him, because something always happens. Right, and he even mentions that. Yeah. Um, he mentions it to his mom, and she says that he might not get to go to Camp Half-Blood this year, because some weird problems have been going and she doesn't explain quite what well i think as a mom she was doing her mom thing again she was protecting him i think i'm probably guilty of doing things like that where like i, I have something to want to tell you and then that opens that can of worms that i like probably shouldn't have no right? like and, and he mentions like he can see on her face that like 
she was holding something back. Like we're going to have there, and and I I've done that with you. Where where like you have just this look about you, or like you start to speak, and it's something about your tone that sets me in going, okay, what happened? Right, right. Um. Uh, and like he knew something had happened, and that's why she admits that like okay, there's problems going on, and she's basically like, we'll talk about it when you get home. Right, right, because. As a mom, you don't want to ruin the last day. Like, yeah, it's, you know, it's hey, like, we'll yeah. talk about it, but for right now, just go enjoy yourself. When we have time, we'll come back to this yeah. issue. Yeah, fo- mom, focus yeah. On, on you right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. And uh, the last bit of that chapter is him noticing a kind of vague figure in the background, like his peripheral, and then he just says, like, ah, it's probably my imagination. And you'd think he'd know better. <laughs> Yep. Although I must say that he tends to attract a specific type of friend. And you would think that he would get that through his head. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, so we did forget to cover um, content warnings uh, ahead of this. Uh, obviously, there's a general warning for violence. So if you don't like, you know, descriptions of fighting and stuff, stay away from the book. Um also, there is a transformation sequence at one point in the book. Uh, so if you don't like that, probably stay away from it. Uh, I was going to compare it to a mild case of the Animorphs. Oh, okay, sure. Um, it's, not at, it's not nearly as bad as Animorphs, trust me. But, like, if you're squeamish about it, you know, keep that in mind. Um, also, specifically in Chapter 2, there is two noted uses of the R-slur. So if you really don't like that, keep that in mind. I believe that's also... I completely blocked this out of my mind, so I don't know if this is, like, his only use of that word. Or... I I think he might have, like, never used it again because I'm sure he got people saying, like, hey, (laughs) please don't. Yeah, I kind of glossed over that. I was like, "Mm, Like, it's partially a product of the time, but also... Like, the way he... He wasn't using it necessarily, like, he himself was using the slur. Right, right. It was, it, it was used in context of... Of a bully, and, yeah. like, specifically being, like, no bully. Which is yeah. exactly what you would expect that kind of language to yeah. come from. Which is why I kind of was like, mm, I don't like that word. You know my feelings about yeah, that word. Yeah, absolutely not. But, yeah. But the use of the slur made sense. I just don't like it. And there is a <laughs> Basically. Bully. So yeah. there is bullying. So... Um, so we're introduced to Percy's new friend at school. Uh, this is a new school, by the way. <laughs> he kind of got kicked out of the last one. Uh, his name is Tyson. Tyson is described as really tall and looking a bit um, deformed was the description. So I don't know if they meant like in a way people typically think of people with Down syndrome when they think deformed. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean... And especially with the use of the R slur, like maybe... Um, so I, I, I wondered. <laughs> that would be our neighborhood music. <laughs> <sighs> Love neighbors with cars. <laughs> um, and also for some reason, Percy just never really looks at his eyes, which. I again feel like he's, <laughs> he's the type of person that he attracts a certain type of friend. Well, everybody has their friend group. And <laughs> so accepting that he just. It's kind of like, you know, um, what is that saying where love is blind or whatever? Yeah. Like, like you just, you just accept 
that this is my friend and you never really like zero in on their oddities or yeah. their, their extra, you know, the things that make them weird to other yeah, people. Yeah, quote unquote, yeah. Because you're okay with them. Yeah. And so, like, I can see as how he would, he even says, I never noticed before. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he never noticed Grover have, have, having, like, goat feet, but also... It's because but, it's yeah. because Grover had like a weird leg disorder thing. Yeah, yeah, that was all explainable. <laughs> like quote unquote. So like, I don't know. Percy's like really oblivious sometimes, and you're just like, really. <laughs> but kind of in a sweet exception. Yeah, and like that like, endearing. Like, in, yeah. in, in he would be. Like, uh, he's just that person who's just he's uh, he's he's accepting of everybody else like it's not like he's exclusive in yeah. fact that's his quality right like he doesn't exclude people yeah he would be what the kids call a himbo ah. except right now he's 13 so no but okay. when he's older yeah like himbo <laughs> very stupid very sweet muscles too <laughs> so <laughs> um let's see um, Matt Sloan, who is the name of the school bully who uses the R slayer, uh, he's pulling, uh, he's pulling, um, he's bullying Percy and Tyson throughout the day, and is mysteriously flanked by the end of it, uh, by some new cronies, apparently. Um, at PE, a dodgeball game starts, and with some warning from Tyson, Percy quickly realizes that Matt's new cronies are actually monsters. The monsters, Lastragonians... Uh, I didn't look up any pronunciations beforehand. Probably should have done that. So if I get any wrong, Seems feel free to email me. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Lastragonians uh, use flaming dodgeballs to seal the exits and attack Percy and Tyson. Tyson is surprisingly able to catch these weapons and even suffers a full-on attack with little to no damage. Much damage, however, is caused to the building. But through a combined effort of Tyson's throwing skills and Annabeth showing up with a dagger, the heroes are able to defeat all the monsters. Not without getting blamed for all the damage, of course. Yeah, he's kind of got a <laughs> bad luck on that one. Yeah, Poor like, man. I love how, like, but the bully just... was immediately like, he did it. He did it, yeah. <laughs> You're like, ah! Are you kidding me? <laughs> Um, let's see. Chapter 3 is real short. The trio take a taxi, the Grey Sisters, to get to Camp Half-Blood. Neither Annabeth nor uh, the Grey Sisters seem fond of Tyson, who is told about the whole Greek gods thing and seems completely unfazed by anything except Percy being the son of Poseidon, which is where he gets hung up. Uh, upon arrival, they immediately notice the camp is under attack. Sure. Chapter 4. Clarice is fighting two Cocos? Cocais? Cocis? Cocos, I'm going to say that. Uh, bulls with a group of campers, specifically the patrol, which is unheard of for Camp Half-Blood. Percy, quote-unquote, saves Clarice, as much as he also serves as a distraction in the heat of battle. Percy twists or breaks his ankle or whatever while fighting and is downed. Annabeth allows Tyson to cross the barrier in time to save Percy from a fire blast. Tyson handily defeats one bull, while Clarice gets the other. Tyson is revealed to be a Cyclops. Um, I figured he was something. Yeah. <laughs> I just wasn't thinking he was... Because for a while, I guess, you know, if you don't... 
look into the mythology, you kind of forget that that about certain things. But I'd forgotten that they were a thing back <laughs> in those stories. <laughs> but I did, however, know um, their relationship. Oh yeah, immediately. Because I, like I said, I I have that knowledge of a lot of different mythologies and yeah. stories and how they relate. So I did know. I was curious when it was revealed that he was a Cyclops, how that relationship was going to play out. Uh, and we're specifically talking about the uh, the relationship between Percy and Tyson that they don't themselves... Well, Tyson clearly knew about it as soon as Percy was mentioned to be a son of Poseidon. He was like, oh? I th- a I, worm? I th- yeah, he was kind of like, could we be? Really? Um, and, and that gets really sweet in re- the way it's resolved by the end. Yeah. Like, I was reminded of how that resolves, and I was just like, oh. He's like that, which is interesting, because he's kind of younger. Yeah, like... He's kind of portrayed as a younger, a, a young... He He's a younger young in Cyclops years, but older definitely in human years, I would think. Well, yeah, but like, almost like a, a dog-like type. Mm. Love, like, like oh, puppy love type like thing. Like puppy yeah. love, yeah. yeah. Like, like a, a siblings that are like you know really cool with each other. Yeah, you know that younger, older sibling relationship where one looks up to the other. Yes, I'm familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you know that one. <laughs> the one where they're just annoying enough. <laughs> um, Clarice informs Percy and Annabeth that things have changed, including the fact that Chiron. And Argus, who was apparently the security officer or whatever, I've forgotten about about him, uh, are no longer present and has been replaced by Tantalus. Percy also notes that the tree protecting camp, Thalia, uh, well, at least Thalia was originally a, a person, but Thalia is now a tree, um, has been poisoned, causing, uh, causing the weakened barrier. Chapter 5. We meet up with Chiron as he is leaving camp. Uh, and he urges Percy to not do anything reckless like leave camp. <laughs> but do teenagers ever listen? No, no. If anyone has ever had a teenager or known a teenager or been a teenager, you know that the minute they say... The first uh, thing he does. Yeah, like, why even bother... Like <laughs> mentioning it, you should be just like just just be careful as best as possible. <laughs> just, just, you know, <laughs> just try not to get yourself killed. Is what he should have said. Um, we also meet Chiron's replacement, Tantalus, an all-around awful being. As Tantalus is cho- uh, choosing what to do with Tyson, the Cyclops is claimed by his godly parent, Poseidon. Gee, <laughs> that. This, of course, leads to mockery from much of the camp, and Percy realizes that Ty- uh, Tyson is his. Half brother, which to him at the time is a bit of a shameful fact. Yeah. Which, uh, and the way Percy like goes about like denying Tyson and generally like trying to distance himself, um, I kind of get. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes you have that sibling who is different. Whether it's through a mental reason or they're just, you know, something else, right? Uh, I'm familiar. Where sometimes they act in a way and you're like, I really wish you'd just not. Like, why can't you just 
be normal, I guess. Sure, sure. And you feel bad about it, of course, because, you know, that's a really terrible thing to think. But also, everybody's giving you shit for this. Yeah. And I'd really appreciate it if it'd stop. And he's at an age where that image is... Is everything. Is everything. Yeah. Like, that's, that's his whole mental world. Like, like you wouldn't expect a teenager to be able to see the whole big picture. Yeah. Right? Like, a teenager at that age would only be able to see what's in front of him. And especially because, like, this is happening in a place where, like, he's, for the first time in his life, felt at home. Oh, absolutely. Or like, felt popular. Yeah. Or felt, like, accepted. Yeah. Like, he's, he's not the freak. Yeah. You know, like, he's... He's not on the outside looking in, just waiting. He's accepted as, as one of this group. But but now, because of Tyson, like, it, it's all his fault. Like, why why did it's that Poseidon do this to yeah, me? Yeah, it's that embarrassing sibling. Yeah. Like, like, you've probably had that moment. And especially looking back, I'm not proud of it, yeah. but, like, I have certain siblings where I'm like, I... Maybe not can you be normal, but more like, why can't you just pretend better like I do? Um, yeah, and, and looking back, I'm definitely like, that was, <laughs> that was bad of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, I was much younger and much less knowledgeable about, you know, being a good person. <laughs> so. It's a work in progress. Learning comes with age. It does. Experience. Um, let's see. Oh, Chapter 6, The Chariot Races, a pretty deadly game, are reintroduced to the camp, much to the dismay of a few folks, though the idea of winning a month without chores makes up for that. Percy goes through his days pretty normally for a camp with uh, demigods, uh, but is routinely made fun of by the other campers for his new half-brother's existence. Percy finds himself a bit resentful and displeased about the situation, but most of this anger is directed towards his father. Uh, Percy has a dream, again, about Grover, where he is informed that Grover is in danger. is located in the Sea of Monsters, along with the one thing that can save camp. They have a time limit of about a week before he'll probably die. And Percy is also now uh, empathetically connected to Grover, so if he dies, it's game over. Yep. Yep. You know, uh, just like video games. <laughs> the chariot race starts, but there are weird birds, uh, and this... Oh, by the way, like, if you're... Not a fan of bird <laughs> or dogs. Um, if you're not a fan of birds, especially birds that attack, uh, chapter six is not the chapter for you. Um, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> um, the cherry race starts and weird birds are hanging around. Turns out these are Stymphalian birds, and they begin using their sharp bronze beaks to harm everyone present. Clarice wins the race just before noticing the situation and jumping in battle. Meanwhile, Percy and Annabeth race to get Chiron's boombox to scare the birds away. This works, but Tantalus is a... Oh, my exact word was bastard. <laughs> and crowns Clarice while deciding to punish Percy and Annabeth for disrupting the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, chapter 7. Percy requests a... Uh, oh god, I wrote myself a tongue twister here. Percy requests a quest from Tantalus in front of camp. And a quest is allowed for Clarice. Moping about this later that night, Percy is sitting at the beach when a familiar-looking fellow appears. It's Hermes, here to deliver, uh, I wrote two, I meant three gifts. Uh, a thermos containing the four winds, some vitamins that restore you to, uh, you, 
actually, is is what he says. Uh, you, he you, does, yeah. yeah. Specifically, like, you will be more it makes, you. It'll make you more you. Yeah. Which, hmm. <laughs> how you can interpret that is, yeah. Okay. Everything has a double meaning. Uh, and also, like, a, a, a fully packed backpack that includes, like, cash for rides and uh, and other supplies. But the cash is the important part. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Hermes also encourages Percy to leave camp and, and join the quest anyway. Uh, chapter 8. Percy, Annabeth, and Tyson leave on Hippocampi, uh, which one of one of which is named Rainbow, <laughs> uh, and arrive on a boat in the middle of the sea, the Princess Andromeda. Uh, they get a weird vibe, and Tyson can sense <laughs> monsters aboard. Well, of course. Like, <laughs> like, if you know your history, like, that name, you're not going to have, like, oh, you're not going to think, oh, well, they're going to have a great time today. <laughs> Princess Andromeda <laughs> historically had a wonderful time. What are you talking about? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Please go to your local library and look up Princess Andromeda uh, from Greek myth. Um... But they find some rooms to sleep in anyway. Percy has another dream about Grover. Uh, and like, then... at this point, how does he not realize, like... Like, because I think it took him several dreams before he realized that it wasn't just a dream. Like, how does he not... I'm no, he, he, like, uh, by by the, the second or third one, or I don't know which he, one it was, the, the one where he's told he has the empath, empath link, but he, he had to be he told picks that. up on it. How does he not at a certain point realize that he has some sort of foreshadowing <laughs> ability? Like, he, he really had that does. in the first book. Like, his, and, and you know, I believe in vision yes. dreams, and dream visions, and I'm like, this dude, like, how does he not know this about himself well, already? Well, to, to be fair, it's it's just a thing with demigods in general, is, is one thing, is, um, is they have the ability to, I guess, uh, what you and I would consider uh, dream visions, uh, dream wander, um, uh, and, and it's often throughout these books um, used uh, as, like, a foreshadow device. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is... Um, like, they can see where they have to go next. They can see the enemy talking about this one part of their plan. They can see, like, just uh, an image, usually, of their, their parents sometimes, like, giving them a message. Right. Um, but it's never, like, a huge, like, you need to do this so that way you win. It's always just, like, a vague, like, West. <laughs> Well, I can't give them all the answers. Obviously. They've got to do some of it. In yeah, class. right? <laughs> um, let's see. Um, the next day, the trio walk around the ship to discover the monsters are freely walking about. Several mortar, uh, mortars, uh, mortals are in a trance, uh, and they hear Luke pass by and decide to attempt to learn his plans. Which leads us to Chapter 9. The team finds Luke, who explains a bit of his plan. Mostly that he plans to, you know, raise Olympus, raise Kronos, a lot of raising. Um, he also mentions rich sponsors, um, which um, I I found interesting because, like I mentioned in the first uh, episode of this podcast, I'm reading the third part of the series, uh, uh, The Trials of Apollo, and that comes back. The rich sponsors. I'm like, oh, he did mention this. Huh. <laughs> well, I mean, you've got to figure that some of these lower gods would not 
be doing this on their own. Lower like, god, like minor gods or like demi gods. Yeah, like okay. the minor gods would not be doing movie cannot would not move things on their own because okay. they they would not have that backing. They would have to have someone else or something else backing them to be able to feel like they have the cojones to do that. Okay, like like they're not gonna just go and stick their neck out and be like, yeah, I, I'll just take the consequences. Like right. if they're willing to take those risks, then it has to be that they've got someone that they think is going to protect them. It's interesting you mentioned the minor gods. <laughs> <laughs> just did that come out of somewhere or just my knowledge. Of- You're just like, I'm pretty sure minor gods are gonna show up here. And it's going to be a thing? Yeah. (laughs) And your automatic assumption is they're not going to be happy with the big gods. (laughs) Well, no. no. If you look at the history, the historical history of the mythologies, like, the gods are always... Oh, they're all fighting. At war. They are a... They are the... (laughs) They are the... The, the type of family that has that dysfunction. Yeah. They, they are yeah. the dysfunctional family that that offers, like, all those aunts and uncles and cousins and twice removed and, and blah, blah, blah. Like, they are constantly vying for a better spot. Yeah. Right? And to do that, like, if you read any of the stories that attach themselves to the mythologies... Like everything that they do is with a purpose to to get into a better spot within their family. Yeah, usually. Yeah. Like, so, uh, like I remember uh, coming to mind right now a specific myth uh, about Apollo and Athena uh, in the city of Athens, where they were trying to decide who would basically be like the guardian of Athens and also the god of wisdom, basically. Uh, and, uh, they basically fought, they didn't, like, physically fight. No, it's, it's uh, challenges. They, they did challenges, and Athena only won because she did the olive branch, right? Yeah, okay. Um, so yeah, I, I find it interesting you bring up the minor gods. <laughs> uh, definitely won't come up at any point in this series. Nope, definitely not. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that plays out in the next two books. Uh, three books, I mean. Let's see. Uh, he also mentions the big prophecy. Oh, right? yes. Like, yes. we had a vague mention of that, I think, in the first book. And they didn't want to say anything. Yeah, they're, like, specifically, like, you cannot know. Uh, uh, but the thing he references in regard to the big prophecy... Is age. Is age. Percy turning 16. Yeah. is a huge coming-of-age number. Sure. Especially in a lot of cultures. Usually yeah. it's 15, but 16's also up well, there. So kinda, yeah. Like, sweet 16. Yeah, yeah. So, so you would think about the the age references. And, yeah. And the author, Rick, probably just picked a random age. I don't know if the age has any significance in Greek-Roman mythology. I should have looked that up for a fun fact. Because that, that would be interesting. Because, like, I know with, like, a lot of... Uh, Hispanic culture um, for females uh, that is the 15th. Yeah. Um, In like the Jewish faith, there is a coming of age, um, which is... Your uh, bar or bat mitzvah. Yeah, and that's slightly younger. Um, That's usually... 13? 
fifteen ish. Yeah, usually between right. twelve, fourteen, yeah. um, somewhere around there. They have that. Yeah. So I'm curious as to what, if any, if he if he thought that the age sixteen might have some significance because I'm I try to think back to what I know of fables and mythology. You know, because I teach. Yeah. I would teach that. And 16 is, I'm trying to think if that was a number, and I don't know that it was. I'm going to do one of my favorite segments uh, when I'm streaming, which is uh, I live Google something. Ah. <laughs> so. So let's live Google this. Significance of number 16. Uh, oh, well, okay. Numerology comes up. Mm, of course it does. Uh, oh, so, uh, apparently it means something in the Bible and prophetically. Oh, interesting. Um, Angelnumber.org. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of things in the Bible come up apparently. Okay. Um, interesting. So numerology mentions uh, that 16 is a number of introspection. It's wise, intuitive, and tends to be independent. Um, it's both spiritual and analytical. Um, let's see, let's, let's look into the biblical version. I want to see what that has to do. All right. In some Western cultures, when a child turns 16, that particular time is considered to be the transition to the adult world. The young child is then capable of understanding secrets from angel world. I am reading word for word from angelnumbersmeaning.com. I don't want to make fun of him, but also... It is seen as a mental birth of a human. That's why this number represents rebirth. Angel number 16, what does it mean? Angel number 16 are usually people who are very detailed. Oh, I think this is going to like Zodiac type stuff now. Oh, interesting. There's a crossing of a... (laughs) That's a thing. (laughs) Um, Something about meditation? Um, (laughs) um, Okay. Oh, wait. Something about a Venus representing the love for pleasure, but that's more of a literal uh, astrology type thing. Huh. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Sun and Venus uh, are associated with number 16. Interesting. I wonder if there's anything within mythology other yeah. than the biblical reference. I was just curious. Um, just Sorry, I'm still looking. Just because uh, I know that there there are some cross-referencings of... Uh, of your religion because you know these gods were at one point a religion um it's a symbol of love is it a symbol of love apparently true love is usually represented in the bible as eight plus eight which gives 16 as a result interesting it's also important to say that 16 names of god in the old testament actually symbolize his love towards the israel's children i don't think that was grammatically correct yeah. Interesting. So, we think there may or may not be some sort of significance of this number. That or Rick just pulled it up out of his... Uh... His bum. <laughs> he was like... 16's a good number. He's like, that, that's as many books as it'll take me to get to where I need. <laughs> to, 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 the, to get to the end of the story. <laughs> He's like, that. that's an adult enough number, and also, <laughs> it'll take me at least five books. <laughs> Perfect. Um... I, I wish Rick was available for, like, uh, interviews and stuff. I would love to just shoot him an email and be like, hey, 
and ask him these questions. I, I, I looked into it. You can't. Not now. Like, he has so many, like, events. Although, maybe with COVID. I don't know. Maybe we could write him a letter and pretend to be a child. <laughs> I mean, I am a child. I have some kids <laughs> who have dyslexia who would like to talk to you about your books. But well, they're going to ask some very adult questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, that's just true. <laughs> <laughs> um okay oh i actually skipped my list um anyway um percy kind of attempts to sway luke because hermes was like hey can you get my son to not do that um but it doesn't work uh and they man the trio managed to get away uh they get in a lifeboat to escape uh chapter 10 Percy uses the Thermosa Wind to get the team to a Virginian bay where Annabeth points out a former hideout that Thalia, Luke, and her used. Percy and Annabeth have a quick discussion about the prophecy. It was about the prophecy, right? I had just put the discussion here, so... Yeah, um, so what... She had kind of mentioned again, because of, of things happening, um, so she had kind of mentioned again that, you know, she was... Are you going to look it up? I, well, I'm here. <laughs> it was chapter 10. That's with the dead Confederates, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, interesting they were Confederates, but also I think he's just giving, like, a fair rep to, like, all people. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like they were the bad side of the war, but also, actually, that's why, because he, um, because he mentions uh, losing soldiers are the ones who have to serve, uh, spoiler, <laughs> minor spoiler that we'll cover in a second. <laughs> Oh, the donut shop. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they have a discussion. They right? have a discussion, and basically, she's not wanting to tell him, but at the same time, she's she's, she's like aware of this prophecy. Yeah, she, she knows so, the prophecy, which is interesting. Like she she because especially because she was looking for quests before, and like she she's been looking for her big quest, and she got it in the first book, but like. The was fact it really that, hers? Yeah. But also the fact that she knew about this quest, this big prophecy, and, like, she also knows that she has something to do with, like, a quest for, really, in order to please her mom or something. Like, I'm I'm just, I find that interesting. Yeah. To have that knowledge. Um, Tyson, meanwhile, searches for donuts. <laughs> and returns successful. <laughs> What's funny is, is I was actually thinking, like, wouldn't that be funny if he actually went and got donuts? Because <laughs> it seemed like he was just, like, trying to get He's rid like, of it. okay. Body. It's like, you know, it's like you telling your, your sibling, hey, go get me this and, and I'll do this for you. And I'll be darned if your sibling doesn't bring that back. And you're like, well, darn, now I've got to actually do what you asked or, or something. Beans. <laughs> um... And that's when Annabeth realizes something is wrong. Like, wait a minute, where did you get students? <laughs> where in? Where are we? The forest or something. Like a wooded area. It's Virginia. It's a wooded area. Yeah. They're like, we're in the middle of nowhere. We're on a beach. They're on a beach, though. Like a bay, yeah. Yeah, but like, I mean, it's still like, like you a, know, yeah. sand and woods. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know anything about that area because we don't have any of that. I've here. never been that far north. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't have... Beaches, so I don't know what that looks like. Uh, Houston has beaches. Well, 
it, it's a gulf. You've never been there. I know, but it's a gulf. I'm not making fun of my own state, but I've been there, and they're not going to be the same. <laughs> um, turns out there's a monster nest right next to them, and uh, a hydra attacks them. They're slowly losing the fight when a ship appears behind them and blows the literally blows the hydra away. It's Clarice aboard a Civil War ship. Chapter eleven: The team join uh, joins Clarice aboard the ship, the CSS Birmingham, as guest. Um. I mistyped there, so I think they reach a hurricane. Yeah, they reach a hurricane, which is actually. Oh God, I really should have looked well, up. Where they're going is they're, I mean, cause the Bermuda Triangle. Because he figured out those coordinates that the the Fates gave him. Um, had no, no, not the Fates. The Gray Sisters. Not, not, not the Fates. Uh, the, the Gray Sisters. Sorry, mixing up my stuff here. <laughs> um, the the numbers that that. Should have mentioned actually that the in the cab there was he, numbers, he harasses the yeah. Gray sisters into uh, revealing what they knew yeah. about uh, about his quest. Well, you kind of blackmailed them. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, I'm not giving you back your one eye that you need to see mm. to, <laughs> unless you tell me what I <laughs> what you meant by your little jab because they kind of were like, oh, we know something. Yeah, you we need we to know. know something you need to know. And you're like, uh-huh. okay, well, you need to tell me now. <laughs> uh, well, I have something you need to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, he so he knows where they're going and yeah, so. So, like, it's the Bermuda Triangle, Yeah, I mean, you'd have to know your geography here. Um, Apparently it's off Miami. (laughs) uh, Like, kind of off further south, which is, yeah. So, like... Which is what they describe, yeah, in the book. Which is what, like, Florida's where weird shit happens, and then... And and it starts from there, and that starts one of the angles, and so you get some weird weather that's kind of otherwise unexplained, right? Except here it's explained that it's... Carib- Caribdis and Scalia, I Scalia, I did not pronounce either of those correctly. I know that, <laughs> and attempt to sail through. This puts too much pressure on the ship, and Tyson volunteers to go below and fix it. He succeeds, but not for long. The team and Clarice finally decide to escape, but not before Percy makes a run for Tyson. He's stopped by Scalia, uh, who sla- uh, but he slashes her. In an attempt to escape her grasp. The ship blows up as he free falls. The last thing he knows before sinking is that Tyson is gone forever. Chapter 12. Uh, Percy awakes to Annabeth, an interesting parallel to the first book I, I, I was thinking. Um, yeah. Yeah, is, is that he wakes up again. And there she is. Yeah. Always. Just always above him, just no. being like, hey, seaweed brain. Like, I'm saving you again. Yeah. Here I am. <laughs> Bringing you back to life. Again. Again. <laughs> Seems to be a pattern here. Um, and, and a raft. She reveals a small... Oh, this is where she's, she talks about the prophecy. Uh, she reveals a small piece of the big prophecy. A child of the big three gods, Hades, Zeus, or Poseidon, uh, will be a tool to either save Olympus or destroy it. They land at an eerily perfect spa that seems to only hold women. Not suspicious at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The two are brought before the owner, Cece. Not suspicious at all. And while Annabeth is taken for a makeover, Percy is left with Cece for a more personal touch. 
Cece turns Percy into a guinea pig and places him into a cage just as Annabeth returns. Cece offers to teach Annabeth sorcery, and that's when Annabeth realizes her true identity. Cersei. How do you not see that? <laughs> You're on an island full of... You know, the, you know the myth! You know the myth! It's you, Annabeth! <laughs> you, know, you know you're there! And she mentions how, how beautiful you are! Like, what? <laughs> Annabeth uses the multivitamins to resist Cersei's magic, and then spills the vitamins in the cage, allowing Percy and the other transformed men to change back. The men, Blackbird, uh, Blackbird, uh, Blackbeard, Blackbeard, and crew, <laughs> chase off Cersei and her assistants. Percy and Annabeth then make for a ship, the Queen Anne's revenge, and Percy is able to make it sail, thanks to his superpowers. Superpowers. <laughs> uh, chapter 13. That as, really comes natural to him. Yeah. Like, you would you would think that, like, um, like, I was thinking that, like, why didn't they listen to him? The only reason why, uh, what's her name? Uh, Clarice? Clarice didn't listen to him was because she... She's stubborn. Well, because she's the a child of the god of war, right? And so... Well, like, I think why it was more they... than being stubborn, actually, now that I think about it. I think it was also, like, a... Um, it, this is my quest. I know what like, I'm doing. Don't tell me what to do. Like, like a, a, a hurt, because, like, he's already there, and he's already yeah. proven himself once. And he's already stolen a quest, blah, blah, blah. And like, she's already had her dad speak to her in the hold during that chapter. Yeah. Um, like, hey. Don't let me down again. Yeah, don't let him steal this from you. Don't screw up. And then, like, by the way, another content warning should have remembered. Vague mentions or allusions to abuse. Ares is a dick. Well, you would expect that from him. <laughs> we saw that in the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um. Uh, I just think that yeah. it's, it's interesting because... Like, yes, Ares, the, Clar- Clarice is a, a child of war, right? Yeah. Like, like that's who her, her, her family's blood is. Yeah. And yeah, she would be good at strategy. Mm-hmm. But I think that if she had been just not off, on her high horse enough to listen to um, Percy, because, he, like, he's like, look, I my dad's part of the sea. Like, I, I can totally help you out here. I think that if they had worked together, that ship would have, they wouldn't have broken up. <laughs> yeah. That's all I'm saying is, but of course everything had to play out for a reason. Yeah. I think that they needed to go rescue Blackbeard. <laughs> well, I don't know if they needed to. That was just a bonus. <laughs> they needed to use those vitamins. <laughs> Scatterbags. Um, chapter 13, as they sail, Annabeth tells the story leading up to Talia's uh, uh, death, a run-in with a cyclops. The monster had the same eerie ability to mimic voices that Tyson has demonstrated, which unnerved and confused Annabeth, Luke, and Thalia. Uh, Percy finally sleeps, but has a nightmare about a girl who, I'm just going to spoil, is Thalia. Uh, like, like It doesn't tell you in the chapter, but But it's everything hard. keeps the illusion, like... like like, it keeps coming back yeah, to that. Yeah, it keeps like, bringing her like up. Like, who's sick, right? Yeah. That tree, right? Like, that. who's who's being, who's protecting. Whose story, like, backstory do we keep talking about? Yeah. Like, who, yeah. Coming back and coming back and. Like, like they're going to old hideouts of hers. Like, like it was not on purpose, but still. 
Um, and uh, the, the dream is uh, about her and himself approaching Cronus's uh, sarcophagus. Uh, she opens it and is frightened by what she sees, and that's when Percy is awoken by Annabeth. And I want to stop. I am not going to say why, but the fact that Thalia is the one who looked into it, like uh, me with my knowledge, right, of, of what happens, how it plays out, is in she looked into it and she screams. Yeah. And she's frightened by what she sees specifically. Like, I know what happens. And I'm wondering if there's, like, if he already knew what he was going to write. He had to have. Right? Because I, I would think, so, I would like to think so that he had it all planned out, or at least pieces of it. Because it is too perfect, I feel. Like, the fact that she would just. The, her exact reaction, like, the fact that it came from Thalia, of all people, who we will later learn in later books, is very headstrong and, like, um, strong-willed and stubborn and... Well, she would have to be. Yeah, and, and she's not easy to rile, I would say. Like, maybe you can get her angry, but, like, you're not gonna, like, get her to freak, freak out unless somebody that she cares about is in danger. And so I, I just find it very interesting. Anyway, uh, I'll probably come back to that if I remember when we get to it. Sure. Um, they reach the island of the sirens, and Annabeth wishes to hear them. A very smart thing for the it, smart girl to do. Because, oh, okay, you're being sarcastic. I was like, <laughs> really? Like, does she not, how, does, how do you not know? She knows the myth. That's like, why she wants to listen. And then... Percy is like, do do do. She's fine. She's all tied up. (laughs) Yeah. So he ties her up, right? Um, But partway through the ship ride, she manages to cut herself free because she's Annabeth. She's very resourceful, and he didn't disarm her. (laughs) Yeah, like I was thinking that too. I was like, well, how is that not the first thing? How's that not the first? Yeah, like I'm, I'm. We're about to pass through this thing that we know is dangerous. We know. It, it's, it calls out and lures people to their death. Um, I'm going to put my headphones in and I'm just going to pretend like I'm jamming out to the oldies or something here and I'm going to be none the wiser. It's literally the meme. Um, like, like, Percy, Percy, oh God, he can't hear us. He has his AirPods in. <laughs> That she's gone overboard, and he chases her, uh, touches her ankle, and sees what she sees a vision of her parents together, Manhattan rebuilt by Annabeth, and Luke saved. And then he manages to wrangle her back to the ship. She reveals her fatal flaw is hubris. But what could Percy's be? See, I actually told you that I had an idea of yeah. what his was. What is your idea? I, I would like to know your growing theory as we go through the books. Every person has a weakness, whether sure. they're divvy god or whatever. Right. Your um, fatal flaw. It is. Absolutely. So I I feel like his is he cares too much about his family. Like, I, hear me out. Okay. He, he is always trying to he heads straight into battle 
in order to protect his family and his friends, right? And in that, that fierce loyalty and protection of his family, I think for any person, that's, that's, that's a downfall. Like that's one of my negative negatives. Like I wouldn't count it as a negative. No, it, it's not, but it is a fatal flaw that anybody at any point could use as a weakness, right? Yeah. In theory. Yeah. Like, um, like they threaten my family. That is something that would definitely catch my attention and cause me to, um, <laughs> he heard a noise. Um, that would definitely cause me to take all sense of logic and plan that I had yeah. and just set it aside and do something that is probably reckless and, and probably stupid and stupid and not going to be in the best interest, but I would be driven by instinct. Yeah, purely. So once yeah. you take logic away, you're driven by instinct. That's where you can make mistakes, yeah. right? And so I feel like he is constantly making mistakes because he is always trying to protect what he sees as his family or his friends, right? Yeah. Like he does that at um, he, he does that at uh, his first school in mm. the first book. He does that again in the second yeah. book. He's trying to protect his friends, even even the people who are just his classmates. He's trying to protect yeah. them. Yeah, and actually. so he gets himself into that into <clears throat> a situation where he's not thinking logically. He's he's just fighting on instinct, right? Yeah. And then he does that again with with every situation that happens. He heads straight into battle without a strategy. I think that that is something that's different from him and Clarice because Clarice has a strategy. Yeah. She would because she is she's the used child to battle, of, yeah. Yeah, she's the child of the god of war. So the one thing you would do in a war is you would have a strategy. You don't yeah. just head in, you know, feet first. Like you don't just go in charging. But Poseidon, if you know anything about water, it's very temperamental. It's very mm. violent. Volatile, yeah. Um, it, it changes with the wind. Literally, the wind moves it. And because of that, if you think of that symbolic, it's very easily moved by emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you think of your emotions as as easily moved by the wind, like, you could very easily see that a person or a child of Poseidon could be very easily moved by the need to protect or that fierce instinct to protect their family and they would become very emotional overcome with emotion if their family is threatened oh doggo are you okay he felt like his family was threatened (laughs) he hears something what do we hear were you making yourself known Snuggle. This dog break was brought to you by Kobe. Doggo. <laughs> Kobe Jack. He's his own sponsor. <laughs> the dog that looks like cheese. <laughs> and eats cheese. Not not good for him. Not, not good for him. <laughs> um, do you want me to tell you if you're right? Oh. It, I don't it's know. Tempting. I'm so it's torn. tempting, yeah. You're like, I want to be... Because I feel like yeah. this is... You're like, I want to know, but also I want to learn. 
That's your weakness. <laughs> it is because I hate surprises. So mm-hmm. you've got to tell me. Okay, you're absolutely correct. He is one hundred percent like he is told. I don't remember which book, but that is his his flaw. His flaw. I think Athena's the one who tells him too. Yeah, yeah. That that that's what gets him into trouble, and I can see that yeah. as an as a mother, I can see that that is a weakness, even though it's a streak. Yeah, it's absolutely a streak. Like, and I think he mentions as much. Yeah. yeah, like you could you could use it either way, but but you would have to be use it carefully. Like, yeah, I know one of my fatal flaws is my fierce protection of yeah. my children. Like that could get me into a lot of <laughs> a lot of trouble. But also at the same time, it makes me very aware mm. of my actions and, and things that are going on. Yeah. So so yeah, no, you, you nailed that one hundred percent. I love that. Like I'm just <laughs> listening to you, I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Continue. And for the record, I've only read two of these books. <laughs> um So he's fine. And like his ability to breathe underwater, right? Yeah. Like how cool is that? And he learns that he can extend it to others, but like, you know. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, They reach the Cyclops' island. Chapter 14. Clarice has been captured and informs the Cyclops because she's got that big old mouth that Grover is a satyr. And this, of course, means that the Cyclops has decided to eat Grover and marry Clarice instead at sunset. (laughs) I saw that one coming, too. I was like, the minute he finds out, he's just going to say, well, fine, I'll marry you. Yeah, like, Clarice, you got, like, Percy was thinking it. He's like, you got to learn to shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Yep. Oh. Um, Annabeth and Percy devise a plan to rescue them. Percy sneaks into the house by hiding under a sheep, while Annabeth uses the Odysseus story of nobody. That was my favorite part. To distract the Cyclops. Like, that was my favorite part. Like, like if you go back and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember that story. I remember reading about that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, how funny is that? Like, because it's the same Cyclops. They, like, they figure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, and even if it wasn't, you could play that off like, well, Be you like, know that story. Well, you remember that Cyclops guy? Ooh, had that had a bad running. Um, um, Percy just reaches Clarice and Grover in time to hear the scream of Annabeth outside. Oh no! Chapter fifteen. Uh, we're getting to the end, folks. Percy, Clarice, and Grover attack the Cyclops, slowly wounding it. They attempt to drop it from a bridge, but the Cyclops was too fast and made it to the other side. This angered Percy, uh, and so Percy kicks kicks the Cyclops' butt, basically, um, because of how angry he is, um, and has the Cyclops at his mercy and agrees to spare him, and then the Cyclops uses it as an opportunity to trick him. Thankfully, Tyson <gasps> shows up, having been saved by Rainbow the Hippocampi. 
I love that. They form such a cute little relationship. <laughs> they really do. Um, and causes. See, and I was thinking that how he, I was thinking he couldn't be dead because he was. I was like, if he was blown into the. To the sea. To if the it ocean, was, if it was a was volcano, the maybe. God, well. A god. A god. The son of the god. Well, I, I, you interrupted me. I, I didn't pause, or I paused there. Um, if he Sorry. was the son of the god of uh, of the water, then then he would be fine. Like he, if yeah. Percy can survive in the water, then why? Why can't he? Yeah, yeah. Like he's he's just a baby cyclops. Oh That's my, it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they caused the Cyclops, speaking of Cyclops, uh, falling into the sea, they caused the Cyclops to tumble into the sea, where he is definitely gone and will not bother them again. <laughs> because Cyclops aren't related. The group is so close to reaching the Queen Anne's revenge, when Polyphemus, I finally wrote down his name, uh, the Cyclops appears again in the ocean. Well, or of course. sea. I guess. It's to the sea. Yeah. yeah. Chapter 16, Percy and Tyson fight the Cyclops. <clears throat> they decide to swim toward the ship, and as they get close... You, of course, don't mention what they're going after. Oh, the, the ship. No. No? What they were trying to retrieve. Why are they even there? Just oh, just there's a fleece. I never mentioned the fleece. Yeah, it's yeah. not just there to rescue Grover. Although that was <coughs> Percy's intention. Yeah, of course. But the whole point of the whole quest... Was to get the item that'll save camp, or the tree... to get the item, the golden fleece, Yes, right? they're getting the golden fleece, which... Ties into some of my fun facts that we'll get into. Ah, okay. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. Thank you for mentioning that because I oh, yeah. completely left that out because I was like, that's not an important detail. I already know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're like they're retrieving the golden fleece. <laughs> um, Percy and Tyson fight the Cyclops while the others get to the ship. Uh, they decide to swim toward the ship, and as they get close, Clarice once again opens her big mouth. This allows the Cyclops to you know you know like. Pinpoint them. Yeah, pinpoint them. Uh, and throw a boulder that destroys the ship. Tyson and Percy summon Rainbow and other hippocampi once again to save all of them. Percy tells the sleeping Annabeth that she's a genius before falling asleep. You know, keeping his promise that he made earlier in the book. Which, by the way, he made a promise earlier in the book to tell Annabeth that she's a genius. <laughs> Chapter 17. The group lands in Miami where they learn they've been away from camp for ten days. After revealing her prophecy and Tyson handing over the money received from Hermes, Percy sends Clarice ahead with the fleece. Yeah, I probably should have mentioned the fleece, huh? <laughs> yeah. <coughs> you know, I think that was important that Percy did that for Clarice. Yeah. I feel like... I could be wrong here. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it will come back to reward him for giving Clarice this victory, if you would. For her quest. I don't remember if you're exactly correct, but um, she's not the worst to him. I know that. I, I, I feel like if nothing else, she, yeah, I feel like yeah. if nothing else, it would sure. <laughs> kind of make a, a, a kinder relationship. It, it, it's the telltale, like, oh, so-and-so will remember that. You know, like, so well, Clarice you, will remember you that. You do that sometimes, right? Like, yeah. you, you'd be like, well, I'll let you have this one thing just so that later on... If I need something or... I get my favor. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a tit for tat. Right? Yeah. Um, so they send her ahead. And as he turns, who else is there but Luke? The group is brought aboard the Princess Andromeda again. Percy throws a drachma behind Luke, where there is a fountain. 
Um, so he's not just, you know, throwing the money around for no reason. Yeah. Uh, uh, and sends an Iris message very cleverly, and he does the best thing in the world. He gets him monologuing. Well, yeah. You sly dog. If you're gonna, if you, if, if yeah. <laughs> it's always the villain's, uh, downfall, right? Like, they want to tell what their plans are. And they want to make sure that you know before I before I kill you. Yeah. Uh-huh, these are my plans, and this is the reason why. And oh yes, I will also take responsibility, just so you know that For you were bested by me. <laughs> Insert Incredibles clip here. You right. know, like <laughs> you slide on. <laughs> you got me monologuing. <laughs> You sly dog! You got me monologuing! I can't believe it! Percy reveals what has happened to Luke... Uh, wait. Wait? Yes! So, uh, Percy reveals what has happened, yeah. the fact that he got him yeah, to Luke, reveal his plans. Well, because uh, Luke, um, had... Uh, Luke was like, why, why are you Luke, making me say this? Well, Luke was the one who... Who put the camp in danger? Yeah, by poisoning Luke the tree, poisoned the tree, and then made it look like it was um, Chiron. Chiron's fault, and so or Chiron at the very least didn't leave did, evidence, so that way there's enough like for yes, them to be like, well, well to be questionable that he wasn't even doing his job of yeah, protecting the camp, yeah. right? And so, like in this instance, Percy's pure goal is to. Clear to clear Chiron. Chiron. Like, straight up, he specifically yeah. is like, and it wasn't Chiron, right? Yeah, yeah. just just want to make sure we... That everybody that in. in the back can hear. <laughs> oh, I keep doing this every time I turn it sideways. He also reveals his, uh, his ultimate plan. Um, and I think it was interesting here, this is where... Uh, I don't know that Percy caught on right away, but he did later... Um, Luke says, I, I just want to borrow that fleece. I don't need it for Yeah, he, he's like, you you can have it once I'm done. In fact, I want you to have it when yeah, I'm done. Yeah, you can you can have it. I, I'm not going to keep it. I just need to borrow it for, like, just just I Just long enough day. to raise the Dark Lord, you know? Well, yeah, like, and, and if you think about that, you have to understand what the Golden Fleece does. Like, what's... It, it's... it It's purpose. It, it It's, like, super human ju- it, it's it's think like i'm trying to think of references for people to grasp onto i'm like think uh in captain america when they inject him with the juice and now he's a super soldier it's essentially like it does that but yeah. to anything it touches yeah. so it's like it's like this giant bandage yeah that has med- medicinal purposes yeah. so like super medicinal yeah exactly yeah <laughs> godly medicinal and you would have to foresee that yeah like it's not just giving medicine. Yes. Yeah. If Luke had wanted it, because I foresaw this, mm. like right here when he's talking to Luke about Luke saying, I just want to borrow it. Like, I'm not going to keep it. I'm yeah. like, I actually stopped and said, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second. Why would you not want to keep that? Because that seems like a really cool that, thing. <laughs> that seems like a cool gift to have on hand yeah. if you're in a battle. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, I have this golden fleece. I get injured. Boom. I, you know, it's going to help me out. Or my buddies, right? But if you just need it for its purpose, and he's talking about... Uh, Raising Kronos. Raising Kronos. Yeah. Well, if you could raise Kronos from the dead... Yeah, well, practical dead. He's tiny little pieces. He's still alive and suffering. (laughs) Right. But think about it. Like, 
if if you were thinking that far ahead, then you yeah. would have to know what else it could yeah, do. Yeah, he would have had to have known its abilities, huh? Yeah. So, like, yeah, so he definitely had that plan. Like, he knew what would happen when the fleece does its job. But I, I was wondering why Percy didn't realize that. Like, how... We've he, discussed. Percy's oblivious. I know. He's, like, that's so frustrating. He's such I a himbo. This, I'm like, he's wait, a moron. If they're using this to heal... The sick poisoned tree. Yeah. We know the origins of the, the, the tree. That this wasn't always a tree. And if it's capable of healing a an ancient god, think about what it could do to a dimmy god. Yeah, like a simple mortal. Yeah. Hmm. So, you know. Just saying. Hmm. <laughs> um, this leads into chapter 18, where Percy challenges Luke to a one-on-one battle to buy time. Percy loses, of course, because, you know, he didn't stay at camp and learn to fight like he was told to. Um, but the party ponies show up before any death can happen. The party ponies, which are a bunch of centaurs, by the way, <laughs> whisk the group away to safety, a centaur camp, and Percy and Chiron discuss the big prophecy. I, I, you seem like you enjoyed the party ponies. <laughs> Just because, like, I could picture their, like, you know... When I read a book, I always um, visualize it. I've, I've talked yeah. to you about that, right? Like, I, I picture and I create a, a movie inside my head. Yeah. Like, I have that ability, right? I know we've talked about how sometimes you don't necessarily have that ability. It's really hard. But, like, to me, I literally I literally could have, if I could take my visions and put them into... Like screen. Like screen. Yeah. It would make a movie. Yeah. And, and it would be awesome. I would love to see that like, movie. I, yeah, absolutely. Like, I could tell you the characters. Like, and I was picturing these um, surfer dude type characters. Yeah, the, bro- the, the bros. Like, I I was actually thinking of... Uh, and see, I'm not very good with actor names, but I was actually <laughs> thinking of that movie where they all get dead drunk. The and, hangover? Like, they get, like, yeah, like, like just people that are just, like, <laughs> drinking and, and getting themselves in, and they're just, like, always up for a party, right? Like, I, th- I think that's what you're referring to. I never watched it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Like, and then I was also picturing uh, one dude uh, kind of has this accent. I was thinking of uh, some of those surfer dudes from, like, uh, movies from, like, the eight- 80s and 90s. <laughs> Shaka bra. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, man, surfer dude. <laughs> Like, I was just picturing surfing. I actually noted, um, like, when I was rereading it, um, the fact that, like, Rick Rick's, um, like, accent of choice when it comes to, like, I don't know, just dis- displaying, like, the average person or, like, the, your, your contemporary, like, individual amongst all these mythological people, like, how they would talk is always people who use dude a lot. I noticed, like, like it could it's, be it's a lot generation. of dude. Yeah, yeah well, because that's, it's him writing for our generation, though, I think. And so I think that's his perception of, like, how we talk, no, which I think is interesting. No, because he'd be writing with my generation in, in mind. Your generation wouldn't have used dude. I, my generation would have. We, well, we kind of used dude, is the thing. Is like, I know I know a lot of us You were dude. on the edge of that. It, is, is, it's still more of a... a Use, well, you use dude but also, in a it, different context. It was the people, like, you have to bring geography into this. Yeah. Because, like, the people, the surfer dudes are where? 
<laughs> California. No, 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 no. Florida. No, these people were coming from Miami, from Florida. Yeah, Florida and California, yeah. the two beaches. Yeah. I, I was so, right. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, well, like, they they come up on, and he's out visiting family. Yeah. Like, and they're out just, it, well, and I say this because you have to understand Florida. I've never I been don't. to Florida. That's, that's just one of those things. I do not understand Florida. But I have friends there. According to your your father. Like, he's from Florida, right? Right. Like, and he would tell me all the time that he grew up just having bonfires on the beaches. Like, going and just just for no other reason, like, they were always, somebody's always celebrating. Yeah. The bonfires on the beach, and there's always a party. Like, no matter what, like, they're there. Like, it's 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 always there. And you have those dudes that just live on the beach. Like yeah. That's, that's just what they are. And, like, that's what I pictured. And like those dudes, you would you would not want to mess with them, right? Yeah. Like in theory, most of those dudes, if they were like a surfer dude, those they're like chill, but in that way where you're just like, like, yeah, like hey, bro, we've got you. We're gonna we're gonna come up and we're gonna help you. It's like the um, the the ideal that some people have come up with for the modern frat bro, where he's, like, super chill with you being, like, LGBT or something. But, like, because of that, he's like, hey, bro, that's not cool. Misgendering's not cool, bro. Oh, bro is our word, actually, now that I think about it. Not dude. (laughs) (laughs) We still use dude, like, as a gender-neutral catch-all term, usually, although it's not gender-neutral, so... (laughs) But, you know... And then Chiron is that um, <laughs> the embarrassed of my like my he's siblings. like these, these are my siblings from Florida, <laughs> um, but I am clearly not from Florida. <laughs> he's like, I am educated. <laughs> do not mistake me for one of I, them. <laughs> I do not. I am just here visiting because I kind of didn't have a choice, and I'm kind of homeless. And yeah, and they they are so accepting that they would take you in yeah, if you're course. homeless because yeah, dude, come party with yeah, us. Yeah, bitch. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, so they, they discussed the big prophecy real quick. Uh, not much is said because Chiron's still like, I can't really tell you anything. He just kind of mentioned some things that I think that are, like, important for him to know. Like, hey, someone. Someone. Not you. We, we think someone. it might be you, but and then again, we're not really sure. Like, uh, you're just the first one And then here's this, here. age, this age of 16 yeah. is important. Yeah, he's like, it's very important. Yeah. Six. So that's kind of why, like, if you think about it, like, if you look back to the introductions of of, uh, of the first story, it talked about how uh, when Grover was trying to get the kids to camp, yeah. his goal was to get them there as, yeah. as quickly as possible yeah. to protect them. And um, so far, he had not been successful. His first Grover one, has a rough time on it. His first one had been turned into a tree. <laughs> Just yeah. barely surviving. Yeah, nearly killed by the Minotaur. <laughs> twice. <laughs> We're talking attacked twice. So, you know, so far. So the age to get to is 16. Yeah. Um, so now we're on to chapter 19. Everyone returns home. Time for more chariot races. Um, they kick uh, Tantalus out. Um, and Chiron's back. And Chiron's like, hey, let's still do it. I was curious as to why they continued the chariot races because they had mentioned that they kind of were dangerous. Yeah, there were lots of injuries and a couple but, of deaths. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know, 
hey, you know, it's good practice. I think, actually, I think that's what he's thinking. He's like, it's good practice because y'all are going to lose some. Gotcha. Uh... Uh, as Percy is yeah, talking with the horses before the race, uh, Hermes visits. Again, he delivers some mail from Poseidon that simply says, Brace, Brace yourself. yourself. The next day, Tyson gives Percy a watch to protect him. During the race, Percy uses the watch, which turns into a shield and swats away some Greek fire, which is nasty stuff. I thought that was awesome. Like, his brother turns out to be, like, such a cool dude. And uh, his brother has been actually working on that watch. Like, the, throughout the entire the book. book. Like, yeah. they even allude to it. Like, he's still working on that. And Percy's like, what the heck are you working are you on? Like, like, you're still working on that? You've been working on it since, you know. Well, he, he never says anything to him. But, but in his head, he's always like, I wonder what he's making. He's like, yeah. what is he doing? <laughs> yeah, and then he gives him this ultimate gift. And he's like, oh. Like, you know, when you get socks. Is it in this one or the first one? Where they were, they had made mention to be to be uh, careful with the gifts. That's a good question. Because um, um, I just thought of like I was just thinking of that like. Um, I know Hermes mentions being like, careful with the gifts. Hermes mentions being careful with the gifts, and Hermes, in theory, just gives him those. Oh, gifts. you know, what? yeah. But then I, when I got to that, point, thinking I was all like, gifts, yeah. I I was because I I wondered. Did Hermes know, like, about this other gift? Like, I'm sure he probably did. Also, Percy gets a lot of gifts throughout but the books. So. Does he? Okay. Well, <laughs> like every book, he gets gifted something by somebody. He does seem to get a lot of gifts. <laughs> He's lucky. Lucky kid. Um. Uh, and Percy and Annabeth win, proudly announcing that it was with Percy's brother. Very specific that it's his brother helped him out. Who helped Tyson? Like. Finally giving him that, you know, like, okay, I'm not embarrassed anymore. <laughs> You're my brother, brother. Okay. <laughs> chapter 20, our final chapter. Percy decides to keep the empathy link with Grover. Percy calls his mom. Tyson announces that he is leaving to work for Pi- uh, Poseidon's Forges right now. Uh... <laughs> Um, Percy looks over his gift from Tyson, the watch slash shield, and it's pictures of their adventure in this book, which is very beautiful, just as an image, um, that, that he's been making that this entire time, um, as Grover and Annabeth approach. Percy is having demigod dreams, uh, like, that night or whatever, about a taunting Kronos, and his father once again saying, brace yourself, as he is awoken by Grover and told to come to the hill. The camp. And I knew exactly, I told you, I knew exactly, because I told you I was thinking about what happened with that fleece. Like, You're like, okay, like, okay, final chapter, what's my, what's my twist? Yep, that's, that's, that's exactly it. And this is why I said this book is a filler. It's not, yeah. this is not a one read and stop. Yeah. Like you, if you, if this was the first book for you to pick up. You're like, oh you no. You have to keep going. Because. You could not read this. Like, the first one, it could be a standalone. Yeah. And I could have never read another book, and I'd be like, okay, that's just, that's the story. You would be missing out, but, you know. I would, absolutely. <laughs> but this one, the minute I got to the end, and I was like, okay, I saw that happening, just so you know what we're talking about. Um, what the Golden Fleece does is brings a 
Talia, Talia, Talia. yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, back, right? And you would expect that because if it has medicinal powers to bring back Kronos, why, why, of course, wouldn't, wouldn't it? it bring back a demigod? Yeah. A half-blood, right? Somebody who's so much lower like, than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, of course, it would heal that, too. Like, piece so, by yeah, piece. Yeah, so she's no longer a tree. She's a human girl. Yeah, she's back to that flesh. So now you now have, you take it back to the prophecy. You tie that together. You're like, okay, so Well, which, who's it referring to now? Which child of the three is going to reach Because, as, as mentioned in the first book, Talia is the daughter of Zeus, so she's also a child of the big right. three. And so who's the other third? Oh, well, don't worry about it. <laughs> because I'm telling you, if I know... Oh, it oh, it is the next book. Okay, yeah. Okay, so I was thinking, I'm theorizing, because I haven't actually read the third book. Yeah, sure, go ahead. I'm thinking that there's going to be another half-blood child uh-huh. of the other third. Right, because there's the big three. Yeah. Right, so the big three is Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades. Hades, right? Yeah. And those are the three siblings that that are the most important, right? Yeah. You've got um, the underworld, sky, the sky, and, and the water, the sea, right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so there would have to be a third child for this prophecy to be so scary. It would have to be that there are three. Of the three bi- three children, one each of the big three competing for this prophecy, and by by com- competing, I I think okay. I'm just theorizing here that that it's going to be to see which of those three reaches that age. Okay. For the prophecy. I want you to know that as <clears throat> you can throw out all your theories right now. I am not going to answer any of them now. So, okay. Okay. Like like this one, I refuse to. Okay. No, don't. Okay. okay. No, you're right. <laughs> I'm just telling you, like, as a teacher, this is what we do. We always say, hey, infer this, infer that. Yeah. So as this is a series, right, mm-hmm. I infer that there has to be more. Based on my knowledge of mythology, of course none of them kept their promise to not produce more children. <laughs> Why? Because what? they're males. And, <laughs> well, uh, I wouldn't attribute it to that. Okay, but they're gods, okay? Yeah. They are not going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, I will never Sure. Sure, wink, wink, wink. Like, wink. I'm a god. You can't make me do that. Except you can because <clears throat> promises are everything among Word. the gods. Words are absolutely mean everything. However, Wasn't he made up upon this river <clears throat> sticks? Here's the thing. Did you see that? Here's the thing. Hmm. And I've been saying this. Words have double meanings. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In the world of mythology and gods, okay? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I just, I find it amusing that not a one of them kept their promise. Like, I don't. Well, actually, I mean, I, I find Actually, it. if I remember correctly, Hades did keep his promise. So there you go. We'll see. I'll leave you with that. <laughs> no. If I remember correctly. I could be wrong, though. Gotcha. We'll Did he? Wait. When know. was she? Mm-hmm. You're trying to remember? I'm trying to remember details from the Rest next the set. No, ah. the next oh, set. Oh, the next set. Ah, I um, So I don't think he kept his promise, actually, because well, of... Uh, I, when I was World War II? 40? Uh, the 40s, right? 45s? Yeah, okay. Then, yeah, no. Because when we yeah. entered, it happened before. Yeah, no. Okay. Okay, yeah, so... He may or may not have. <laughs> you know, honestly... 
it would make sense. Like, it would go along with the storyline. Like, of course, someone else. Well, of course. In this, in this play. <laughs> Um, so now we're going to come to uh, my, 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 my fun fact corner. Oh, okay. I need a little jingle or something. But yeah, fun fact. Uh-huh. Uh, the Grey Sisters that are mentioned in uh, Chapter 3. Yes. Uh, the uh, Grey, uh, spelled G-R-A-E-A-E, but like with that weird spelling. You know, they're not quite letters as we would type them in English. Um, they actually met up with the original Perseus of Greek myth. Uh, and at that time, that Percy also held their eye as leverage to force them to give information on his quest. But his was about slaying Medusa. Right. Percy's already done that, so, you know, yeah. he's good. <laughs> um, Medea, who is mentioned very briefly in Chapter 4, actually helped Jason in searching for the Golden Fleece originally. Interesting. Yeah. Um, she's also the granddaughter of Helios, which is why when she's mentioned uh, about her sunscreen... Uh, it kind of makes sense why she'd have a sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was uh, the So it fun. all comes full circle. I like that. Oh, yeah. Medea never comes up again. Trust me. <laughs> sure. Um, the Colchis Bulls are in, uh, encountered in Chapter 4 uh, were also a part of Jason's journey for the Golden Fleece. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so um, they're the fire-breathing bulls that right. stop him from getting it. Well, they don't stop him, but they attempt to. Uh, in Chapter 5, Tantalus, uh, who we said was a bastard... Um, we never say why he's a bastard, besides the fact that, you know, he sucks. Uh, like, he's really mean to all the campers, but also he's really bad to his own kids. Um, in fact, he says that the campers look good enough to eat yeah. uh, at one point, which I thought was uh, maybe a fun jab at his myth, which is that um, at one point he fed his own children to the gods of Olympus to yep. attempt to, you know, test their omniscience. See, You know, he's like, do you really know everything? Hmm... They do. They they did. In fact, depending on your version of the myth, Demeter might have been so distracted uh, that she may have accidentally eaten a shoulder, but also she totally knew what was going on. So, um, but anyway, uh, those are my fun facts. That's uh, the that's the uh, review as well as our um, section on. Um, the events of the book. Uh, any anything you want to discuss, or do you feel like we covered it as we went? Or? I feel like we kind of covered a lot of things. I just I just need to see what else is going to happen, um, <laughs> because like I said, this is not. You don't have enough information I to come up with your actual theory. I don't because I just uh, yeah. It, it's this is one of the books that were. Where I'm thinking, well, now I have to, I have to follow through with this. Yeah. So I've got a lot of theories. See how those theories play out. All right. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not more entertaining. No, no, you're excellent. But I've given you quite a bit. So. No, no, and I, I, I thought your your current theories, like the ones, especially the ones that were, uh, you know, correct, the the the, <laughs> the getting the nailing his hero's flaw like immediately. That I, I thought that was wonderful. be able to see that i mean if, if you're not seeing that then you're not paying attention to the beautifully written uh words that are put into yeah. this book a lot of this detail is is very well researched like oh absolutely um he would he would have had to do a lot of research to see how all these psychological pieces play together yeah 
So it's interesting. Yeah. Like how they play off of each other. And I think it's also interesting the relationship between Annabeth and Percy. Yeah, how that's developing. Yeah. Yeah. Curious to see how that plays out. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so All right. where do we go from here? Uh, from here, we can uh, basically uh, just awkwardly end it. Uh, <laughs> and like I said, I'll have to uh, record an outro to... Uh, I don't know what that is. Oh, okay, fine. Um, so hopefully next time we record, um, we will do an outro, uh, which is um, we basically Sarah will things and then end it. Um, so essentially... We're going to end it like this. Um, I say that my name has been Elliot slash Jarnope, and you can find me most places, if not all of them, on the internet at some form of Jarnope or Jarnope Plays. That's J-A-R-N-O-P-E. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Tumblr still. I just got back into that. Um, you can find me on Steam, I guess. You can email me if you really want to. Um, but preferably you'd email me at the podcast thing, which I'll have to record later. Um, uh, once I get all the data and stuff, like I, fi- I make the email and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but basically you put like your links, if you have them, uh, like a little pithy remark signing off. It's basically a sign off. That's what oh, a natural gotcha, is. Gotcha. Okay. Kind of like it. I get you. I yeah. get you. I have none of that. I'm very boring. <laughs> you don't have a, you don't have a good... Like, word of advice or something for the audience before we go? Read. <laughs> you heard her, folks. Read. <laughs> Read. That's, I, I'm just, I'm too boring. I do enjoy this author. Though. I'm glad. I'm, re- I'm really glad, actually. I'm super excited. <laughs> Howdy, everyone. This is uh, Elliot slash Jarnope. Uh, I am definitely not recording this the day it goes up (laughs) um and i just wanted to say all the little links and stuff like i said were supposed to be part of the outro that i forgot to do uh so let me do that by remembering what they are i probably should have looked them up before i did this so um (laughs) um you can find uh the twitter at off the shelf pod at twitter.com um and the gmail oh i pressed the wrong button y'all i am so sorry <laughs> uh and the gmail is off the bookshelf pod at gmail.com uh feel free to email us with um book ideas uh little things that we like corrections maybe we got something maybe i got something wrong <laughs> um Maybe your your thoughts on the books we just read. Um, just, you know, just maybe you just want to email us. Hey, just say hi. Um, and depending, we may even read it on the show. Who knows? Um, point is, uh, this has been uh, your, your episode of Off the Bookshelf. Uh, and we hope you enjoy the next book we read, which, um, oh, I am blinking. Oh, I'm terrible at this podcasting thing. Percy Jackson series. <laughs> Titan's Curse, isn't it? Um, 
it is the Titan's Curse, right? Oh, I need to make sure. Yeah, the Titan's Curse, uh, which is part of the Percy Jackson series by Rick Riordan. Um, feel free to read along um, in the upcoming month uh, before you get your next uh, episode, because unfortunately we're doing monthly. I'm so sorry about that. Um, or you can wait until you hear what we have to say about it and then, you know, obtain it from there. I recommend buying it if you can. Um, but renting from your local library is just as much a valid option. Um, I say buy it just because, you know, support authors and stuff like that. And because I like the series. Um, anyway, that's it. Um, bye. <laughs>